So finally, we are back with another uh, real episode of Writer and Geek Show, sticking to the format that we always do. Not that the last episode was not real, but it was not our typical style, right? Yeah, but uh, change is always uh, good, right? Uh, especially to, a, to some extent. <laughs> especially when you have taken a long vacation and um, you have been procrastinating a little bit. A little bit, I would say. Uh, well, let's <laughs> let's just say that we've been going through a lot of things uh, in life, personally, and you know the nation has also been going through a lot in the past few days. So and that's okay. I mean, we are back now. So um, I thought, in the light of the events that have happened recently, like mm, the tensions on the border, I don't want to talk about it. The political aspect of the—that's not the style of this show. Uh, what I want to touch upon is um, we almost lost one of our uh, wing commanders um thankfully we got him back uh while everybody sings his praises saying that he's done um, you know he's done a really amazing commendable stuff but i want to go into something uh, which will really tell us uh, the level of uh, bravery or you know the the physical fitness uh, that he is showcased in the in the time that he was in the combat right um so i think uh, we'll get into all that and we'll probably take uh, today's topic uh, i want to talk a little bit about the the ejection mechanism in uh, modern airplanes and stuff like that so we're going to talk about what happens uh, when a pilot ejects from a plane yeah because in the movies the way we see it uh, <laughs> it's like it's very casual yeah it's like in top gun you know tom cruise yeah. just decides oh you know what i want to eject and they'll just walk out from the parachutes right it's not that simple it puts a tremendous amount of uh, physical pressure on your body and i was really amazed to see in the video which came out from the pakistani media where uh, our wing commander was up and walking along with the pakistani soldiers even before and before that he got beaten up and all that even in that physical condition he was you know he was pretty normal right the way he was answering the questions and all that stuff so the people who don't know what are the after effects of um, i mean to say if you know the after effects of ejection you would not expect that person to be you know so uh, calm and you know uh, very well composed and stuff like that so i just want to touch that and uh, talk about it today welcome to another episode of writer and geek show we are your hosts vishnu and shankar so in today's episode we'll talk about ejection seat I've had a brush with ejection mechanism and Don't all that. Don't tell me you have been in a flight and okay, not like not practically, but I've read about it. Uh, we we used to have this uh, Reader's Digest subscription, right? So one of the stories, one of the articles. it had in like i don't know which edition it was back in 2004 or 5 mm-hmm. uh, there was a story about this american pilot who had to eject during a air show or something uh, yeah and uh, he went through a lot of physical yeah yeah that is that is one of the things that i wanted to touch even i read about ejection uh, initially in that article itself but before we get into that i want to talk a little bit about what this proce- procedure is and okay. how it works and mm-hmm. stuff and little probably touch a little on the history of ejection mechanism as well 
so we know that um, aeroplanes have been around since uh, 1903 hmm. when the Wright brothers came up with their first glider it was not much of a plane but in the subsequent years because of world wars and other things you know there was a rapid um, development which happened in the aviation industry and one of the most powerful and strategic military forces came into existence because of aeroplanes mm-hmm. right um aeroplanes were first used in combat i think in the first world war which yeah. were uh, you know uh, which were very uh, early form of planes biplanes triplanes um with with not too much automation and stuff so in th- those days if your plane catches fire or there is a malfunction the only way of escaping is probably jumping out of it so yeah i've heard that it's been pretty bad uh, when it comes to the planes which were used for uh, uh fighting during world war 1 like uh, the pilot himself uh, had to like use the machine gun himself and shoot it through the uh, what is that rotors shut what is that thing called the, the, propeller. the propellers yeah. yeah and sometimes what happens is that uh, it would go hit the propeller and kill uh, like yeah the plane. yeah yeah so so the gunner most of the times if it is a single seater aircraft the pilot himself shoots using a machine gun and he has he had to you know find the timing but normally they don't shoot straight in those days but then when there was a necessity to do dog fighting and all that they devised a mechanism which allowed the gun to fire only when uh, in between the propeller yeah that blades. was in the later uh, part of the war yeah. so there have been incidents where the pilot has shot his own plane and yeah, you know yeah, died that's also there and and, yeah. and 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 as i said there is no specific ejection mechanism there if something goes wrong jump. you just jump and which <laughs> was very very risky because most of the times you will end up hitting the wings or the stabilizer or some part of the fuselage of the aeroplane and you know the survival rate was very less so that is when the uh, you know um, a, a need for uh, ejection mechanism was felt uh, as the war progressed and um a person by the name everald kalthorp he was the inventor of parachutes as well so he devised an ejection seat which used used compressed air so uh, it had compressed air which propels the seat out of uh, the the body of the aircraft and then a parachute deploys and the um, aviator can come down um the modern layout for ejection seats which we'll get into which has all this um, catapult and rocket and electric charge and all that kind of stuff and a guiding rail which uh, propels the seat out that was devised by a, Roma- Ro- a romanian inventor his name was Anastas Dragomir. Good Do you know luck. what that reminds me of? Dragomir. Yeah. Wait. Have Have you seen a Lord of the Rings? Yeah. And uh, Sean Bean is in yeah, in yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah, right? yeah. You know what the his name? The one who dies. Exactly. Okay. Often. Yeah. He's like Ned Stark. <laughs> his name is I don't remember. His name was Boromir. Oh This wow. This is Dra- Dragomir. Maybe they have taken it from that. I have uh, no idea. Um. So he's he's the one who proposed the modern layout for ejection seats and this was around in um, 19 late 1920s okay okay, uh, okay. before the world war 2 mm. um this design was tested in the paris uh, in paris um sometime in 25th of august 1929 and it was patented also okay okay uh, it was called parachuted cell uh, mechanism 
this helped the uh, this increase the success rate of ejection it was much better than just jumping out of the plane uh, so um it, sta- it uh, they took this design and perfected it during the world war as with the case with aeroplanes as well mm. right aeroplanes uh, the design took leaps and bounds during the world war time like with everything yeah it's else. during the wars as we yeah. talked about when technology has improved a lot right so two prominent aeroplane con- uh, companies um henkel and saab Henkel is from Germany, Germany. and uh, Saab is from Scandinavia. I think it's from Sweden. Saab is also a car company. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. And they, they, I still remember their advertisements used to be, they'll show a fighter plane. Hmm. Then they'll say the car is similar to that and stuff oh. like that. But uh, if you believe whatever Jeremy Clarkson says, they hardly produced any good cars. I mean, there were oh, good okay. cars. They also produced a car which had a joystick instead of a steering wheel. No wonder we don't see it. Saying that <laughs> no it's saying we... that it's similar to what fighter planes oh are. Oh my god, no wonder we don't see it on yeah. the road anymore. That was uh, also si- uh, Jerry Seinfeld's car in the series. Seinfeld. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. His car is Saab in Je- uh, Seinfeld series. But it's not the joystick one, right? No, 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 no oh, not that one. That's okay. another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um so the first Jet fighter with ejection seat was Henkel HE280, which came during the later stages of the war. Hmm. Uh, it had an ejection system built into it. So, yeah, that was... Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, during the earlier stages of the war, they had to, ju- like, open the cockpit and jump out. Yeah. So, it was okay. I thought, like, they had actually produced the technology, like, in mm-hmm. the first uh, because period, Because yeah. I think Second World War is when more... Closed cockpit airplanes started coming mm-hmm. into uh, war, right? Before that, it was pretty much open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like so, that is when this there was a more much more need of ejection system. Um, so that is the little that is the history. Um, mostly ejection seats were developed for fighter planes, hmm. uh, single or two seat fi- fighter planes, like you know F four Phantom and all that. In two seat fighter planes, uh, the mechanism works for both pilot and the navigator who is sitting behind so the way it works is either of them can pull the lever but always the navigator f- goes first can you guess why otherwise what if uh, like while the aviator the pilot mm-hmm. is you know going out what if the navigator jumps out no then? that's not the thing the pilot sits in the front right and if he is going first when he hits the air outside the plane, he'll move backwards and the rocket engine will burn the uh, okay. the guy sitting behind. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so, I think I think you can just watch uh, Top Gun to <laughs> yeah. get to know. Yeah, if this. you see Top Gun, Goose goes out Goose first, right? Goes out first. And, and, the prob- follow, and one of the follows. problems that they face is he dies because he hits the canopy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and we'll, there is a, there is a uh, mechanism where there are some fighter planes where they saw that as a threat and they uh, devised some other way of fixing that. We'll mm. come to that. Okay. So, uh, le- now that is a little bit of history about... Um, um, ejection seats we look into what actually happens when or what is a sequence of events mm. that happens um, to put it into a little bit of context the time that is that passes between uh, the pilot pulling the lever the ejection uh, ejecting the process starting the process of ejection to the time the parachute deploys is almost four seconds wow right it can be less than that more than that depending on the altitude and speed and Mm. all that so if you're in lower altitude the main parachute will deploy immediately if you're Mm. in higher altitude it will come down to fifteen thousand feet for most of the uh, ejection seats and only then it will deploy because the air will be very thin you know about high above in the atmosphere so the sequence is 
um, the pilot activates the ejection system. So there are uh, call signs for that. So if a pilot is saying eject, that doesn't mean you eject immediately. That means you prepare for an ejection which is coming up in like next 30 seconds. Hmm. And when the time comes for ejection, actual ejection, the calls, he calls bailout, bailout, bailout. Okay. So that is when you pull the, or rather he will do it for hmm. you. Something okay, like okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right? Uh, so that so when when they pull the le- either it can be a lever uh, on the side of the aircraft like in some of the older aircraft like um, you know F fifteen and F fourteen mm-hmm. they had it on one side uh, one lever which removes a canopy from the top and the other one will eject the seat out the, but in most aircraft they were uh, you know connected together so that just by pulling one lever the both uh, of that, them, that yeah. sounds a better and like uh, a better smaller thing. planes like f-16 they had the lever uh, you know under the dri- near the bottom of drive uh, pilot seat right. so i they, think that's more common these days huh, now that is more common uh, so once you pull it um, first the canopy is blown away hmm. there's a explosive which is kept in the mostly in the front side of the canopy so that it flies away towards Ah, the back back. so that clears away the space on top and as i said in top gun goose dies because he hits the canopy canopy. so to avoid that in some of the aircraft there is a there are some so the canopy is built of acrylic right Hmm. charges are embedded into that which will destroy the canopy it will break it into small pieces so once the canopy is gone which happens in first 0.15 seconds okay almost the next thing that happens is the entire seat is uh, thrown out. Not thrown out. It moves up a guiding mm-hmm. rail to about the uh, to just clear the aircraft. Okay. Uh, that is usually so. That guiding rail is called a, uh, the the pro, uh, the thing that pushes propels it up is called a catapult. Okay. Normally, this catapult and uh, is combined with a rocket engine as well. Okay. So this movement happens at around 15 uh, meters per second. Hmm. So that will take around 0. 0.5 se- 0.5 seconds or something. So they have this railing just so that uh, there is a connection between the seat and the plane till the pilot is out out of the plane, right? The guide other, rail. Other, no, no. The yeah. gui- guide rail's purpose is to uh, ensure that the seat is coming out without the without swaying to either side. It's That's just what guiding I meant. That's out. what yeah. I meant. Yeah. See, if there was no connection between the seat and the plane, he might just yeah. You know, because go the back reason is, it, if right? e- even any part of your body if it touches the body of the aircraft that's just coming out yeah it's that fast right so um this and during this process when the uh, seat is moving up the guide rail there is a mechanism that pulls all your body parts together to closer to oh, the seat wow. so that your legs and hands are not sticking out if it touches anywhere then you know it, you'll just lose your limbs uh, so once it is up the guide rail at the end the rocket propulsion takes over and it will propel the seat like 35 to 60 uh, meters above the aircraft. That is done so that it avoids the vertical stabilizer of the tail section. Uh-huh, of okay, the, okay, uh-huh. Yeah, otherwise you will go and hit it, right? Wow. And all this happens in around under a second. So uh, once that is done, then depending on the altitude if the altitude as i said is lower altitude below 15000 feet then there is a small parachute called drogue which uh, which deploys which stabilizes the seat and before that there is a device which calculates the orientation and the velocity of the aeroplane and the seat which makes sure that uh, once the seat exists exits out of the plane it doesn't get disoriented so a couple of guidance rockets will fire and it will make sure the seat is upright okay okay and if it is a very low 
altitude ejection it will make sure that it clears the ground level also to mm-hmm. an extent right so Otherwise, the parachute can prop- properly deploy you'll get time for deployment of parachute as well mm-hmm. so once this is done the drogue shoot comes out which which steadies the seat which also decreases speed to a, it's a very small parachute which actually helps in pulling the main chute out okay so once the pilot is out uh, and the rocket engines fire him a safe distance away the seat detaches from the uh, from the pilot mm. and there is another uh, container which holds some life support systems as well so mo- most of the times if the ejection is happening over water or something there'll be a ra- life, life. Uh, raft mm. and there'll be some uh, other equipment so that he might require yeah so all those things are also carried in a in a container so that along with the parachute and the pilot is ejected out and the seat separates and falls off to the ground then the drogue chute is deployed which is a very small parachute the intention of drogue chute is to st- stabilize uh, the pilot's flight reduce the horizontal speed and then it pulls out the uh, main parachute as well right so that is the now if the if this entire process is automated if it fails then you have to manually pull the parachute mm-hmm. oh so it's you're not out of danger yet right until you are on the ground and this parachute which is there it's not a huge parachute like what the para sailors use it's not comfortable landing as well it's a round parachute which the the only purpose of that parachute as they joke in um air force is to make sure that your feet hits the ground first okay <laughs> it's not a comfortable landing yeah. you all, almost you, you kind of crash yeah, yeah you break your leg and all that and there are some ways you have to come down that's a part of the training as well so this happens and uh, if it is a high altitude ejection the parachute doesn't deploy for a long time it will be a free fall hmm. because at that height in the thin air it it is not it much use right properly. yeah so there is an altimeter which calculates the height and uh, automatically deploys the parachute okay so the oh yeah what if the pipe pilot goes unconscious or something right that's hmm. why they have this uh, automated yeah otherwise so, yeah because most of the times you'll black out but yeah. that blackout doesn't last for long and in this entire process um the g forces that act on your body is tremendous you can't even imagine um it is like you start weighing 10 to 20 times your own weight mm-hmm. if you are a person who weighs 100 kilograms the force of 20 g that happens during an ejection is around you weighing 2000 kgs mm. wow. so that's why it takes a big toll on your body in the sense um your spine takes most of the beating mm. it starts compressing then the seat belt will probably break your shoulder bones oh, wow. collar bones mm. and stuff um the blood vessels in your eyes and face will all explode <laughs> and your you will have bloody eyes running oh, eyes and all that God. stuff so it's not that simple so most of the cases you will have some or the other kind of back injury and that also depends on the posture you are uh, in okay so if you're straight close to the seat you're more safe but if you have some parts of your hand or feet sticking out that will cause a major problem because you are exiting out into air Mm. that has a great friction and they say it's like you're going and directly hitting a wall you oh. f- we feel that air is nothing right at a speed of around 700 600 to 700 knots like approaching the speed of sound it has great effect on your body so uh one of the f- f16 pilots not f16 f15 pilot he had to eject in a supersonic speed his name is uh, Brian Udell so he and his co-pilot ejected out into supersonic speed oh 
so what happened next was uh, his shoulder dislocated and one of his legs was just hanging by the skin and the you know blood vessels because the bones broke and his helmet was blown off so his all his face uh, blood vessels broke and his face was as big as a melon lips became as big as, big as a cucumber and all it got swollen is what he means hmm. and all his bones were broken in in his shoulders and hands because he was not in the right position so if your hand is sticking out imagine the by the force it the air pulls your hand backwards yeah 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 so he he survived for, uh, you know uh, for whatever reason but his co-pilot didn't survive okay and oh, wow. and even coming back to what strickland went through which mm. which you were mentioning earlier it was the same thing that was a um, i think it was an air show or something yeah. and he was doing a reverse um climb and coming uh, he was coming down to make a full circle but he misjudged the altitude he was supposed to go up to 1100 meters he went only 800 meters and when he was coming down the aircraft was fast approaching the ground he had he ejected like half a second before the yeah. plane crashed right and that put a toll on his body and most of the times when this happens your spine compresses a lot mm. and you end up losing like one or two inches of yeah, your height yeah i remember that part like yeah uh, exactly i remember that part like he saying that uh, when i stood up for the first time i was standing next to my wife exactly. but it felt like she <laughs> she was she taller, was taller. Right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. that happened that happens uh, to every other pilot because of the g force your spine compresses but oh over over a period of time they say that you will gain the height back but think about it there is no other way that you can lose height in any way so exactly. that's how you should compare it with you know the ejection process yeah So basically these pirates they pull out to bail out. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, also the process is not as simple as we think right because every single fighter jet is like multi million dollar aircraft and there's yeah. a lot that goes through a pilot's mind thinking that oh it you know things like such an expensive jet if i crash it you know the entire military is going to be angry at me and uh, next thing is did i do something called if if it is because of his fault pilot error there always be a hesitance in you know ejecting right and any 0.5 seconds of difference can decide between life and death if it is a low altitude ejection then it's even more difficult and uh, modern planes have something called zero zero ejection which means even if the plane is stationary in the, on the runway you can still eject okay right wow. which was which is which is how it is designed that means in low altitude and low speeds also ejection works now coming back to what happened in uh, recent days um i think the wing commander was flying a mig 21 right and and yeah. and uh, generally in aircrafts around the era of 60s and 70s um while the american fighter ejection seats put around 12 to 14 g's the russian fighters put around 22 to 24 g's of force on a pilot's body so this being an old russian plane you can just imagine what uh, you know commander abhinandan would have gone through so i i'm right now wondering like how did he like how was he like able to like just stand up and like walk one, one for reason like for that is so adrenaline long. will be pumping mm. in your body so you'll not be aware of any pain mm. and one of the eyewitness accounts of his ordeal uh, that guy was saying on uh, i saw in a video on uh, youtube where he says that um, the pilot came out he asked where which place is this and all that and he was running and he was also saying that my back is broken i mm. need some water to drink so this is the reason 
Yeah, I was wondering like, how did he, his back break? Now I realize yeah, you know what actually happened. That's not because his parachute failed or he had a hard landing. Even the ejection can take such a toll on your body that some pilots cannot go back to service. Wow. Yeah, but the modern ejection system at least uh, there are cases where people go back to uh, you know the mission the very next day. Wow. Okay. But this his flight was his plane was anything but modern, right? Yeah. I think it's 60 some years. It old. was I 59. think MiG 29 MiG 21 came out in 59. Wow. Yeah. Why do we even have that? I don't know, but then if he's uh you know if he, as, as they claim if he's shot down an F16 that's a that's a great yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And on top of that ejection and then two days in an enemy territory and all that that's that's something like we cannot even imagine. for that man to stand up there and keep answering all the questions which pakistani army was putting across to him in that cool and composed manner it's just beyond me think about that if someone like us went through like okay we survived that ejection <laughs> yeah. would we even be able to like stand for a second no like way. think about it for like two days two or more than two days this mm. this person went through like such an ordeal right and still like when he when uh, he was like uh, sent to india he was just standing there saluting yeah. the yeah. country yeah so that's so it so yeah i when, when the nation is showing the respect uh, i would love if everybody can take a minute and appreciate this fact that he had already gone through an ordeal in the sky then he crashed down and then he went through all that you know mob of, you know beating him up and all that then he faced a little bit of psychological pressure from yeah, the pakistani right. army so it it takes a real strong person to go through all that and that shows the level of training that are you know people go in the army so it's a big salute to them that's what i i when i was researching for all this and i i i went through some kora Hmm. um you know articles where people have explained their experience of ejection which happened in their life i th- i said i can probably put a link to that article or something but you know people there are such cases where you know and every single person says that it's something that you don't want to do okay a pilot never wants to eject hmm. because he knows what he's going to go through and even the trainings never come anywhere close to what actual uh, you know pain they go through once you eject so yeah um, that's But a little something actually to think we are about actually thought about it through movies and all and it it right. actually glorifies it you know something like mm. the plane is going down you eject and you come and down i i have not seen like so one single fun. movie because i've seen uh, behind enemy lines yeah. um top gun and what are the movies are stealth what are the stealth also yeah. because i was watching the clips today as well none of these movies show that oh pilot whatever happens to physically the pilot school he just you know yeah, he gets down he takes an explain and goes and goes no he he takes his gun he'll fight yeah. the enemies <laughs> and all that stuff that's not yeah. the truth i mean the truth is physically it it just drains you a lot that's what it is so that's that's uh, pretty much about how ejection seats work and also um ejection seats are not just in single and double seater fighter planes you remember b52 bomber from yeah, vietnam yeah, yeah. days yeah yeah that also had ejection seats but instead of ejecting through the canopy they had eject uh, hatches which exploded and okay b52 had a crew of six people hmm. so four of them ejected upwards hmm. two of them ejected downwards downwards the downwards one are risky because if you're low altitude right <laughs> you imagine what yeah. happens you just go and hit the ground yeah but uh, that's how it was designed and 
also there are some helicopters which have ejection seat what do you think is the major problem uh, by, by uh, about fitting an ejection seat in helicopter because you have the big uh, propeller on top right <laughs> blades rotors the blades, so the, the rotors, fir- yeah. so the first thing that happens as you pull, pull the ejection lever is the blades uh, there is an explosive charge which uh, you know removes Shreds all the blades, the blades. yeah oh. it will just detach from the helicopter then the canopy opens and the seats eject too insane. much man it's insane right much, yeah yeah so uh, there are modern aircraft it's much more re- refined so the ejection uh, survival rate has gone up to like 90% now mm. which was very low initially 50% 60% now it is 90% because modern aircraft they have streamlined the entire ejection system and still we don't have modern aircrafts <laughs> well i hope rafael will make a difference it's a modern craft so we'll see anyway that's i'll leave that to the politicians to deal with yeah our job is just to talk about interesting topics so that's what it is uh, hopefully we have provided some insight into this entire process of ejection which is not as smooth as movies want us to believe and that should make us appreciate more uh, about our efforts of our uh, air force and the people who go to battle especially our wing commander abhinandan salute yeah So yeah we can wind up uh, and we'll be back again next week with some other interesting topic